The Lowdown Chronicles. Meet your maker. Hey Stefan, how are you? Moin, um, I'm fine. I'm happy to be to be here. A little bit nervous, but also super excited that we finally make it after the first time you told me about this. So let's see. Yeah, by the way, this is another episode of Lowdown Podcast. This time with um, the famous youngster, I would say, from and OG Berliner. Burn and Raised. Yes. Um, Stefan Grab, welcome, Stefan. Thank you. <laughs> so, um, Berlin bred? Berlin bred. Um, born and raised in Berlin, actually in Kreuzberg, where I grew up till the age of, I think, four or five. And then we moved to the deep north, to Heiligensee in Reinickendorf, almost Brandenburg, um, because... At this time, Kreuzberg was like a little bit more sketchy than nowadays. And so my family decided to move to Heiligensee, where it's a little bit more chill. And then we grew up there. And I think in the age of 12 or 13, 14 maybe, we moved to, to Wittenau. And then I was living there. And now since like three years, almost, I'm living by myself, first in Mitte, Then wedding, yep, that's what it is. And your parents, they are from Berlin as well, or they moved to Berlin? Yeah, both, both from Berlin. Um, actually, also Heiligensee. Okay. My, my father, my my father, he grew up in Heiligensee, and my mom, I think, wedding. Yeah, my grandparents still live there in wedding, but yeah. Okay. Both from there. Cool. And um, how do you got in touch with skateboarding? Mm, damn. Um, actually, I think skateboarding and also photography kind of came at the same time. Um, my my best friend at this time in Heiligensee, she used to have like a skateboard and camera and got me a little bit into that. So we we, we were like meeting up and taking photos together and uploading them on SchülerVZ. That was like the pre-Facebook thing. And... Um, Yeah, then she also had, she had a skateboard and I was like borrowing hers because I had a waveboard at first. I thought it was like super cool and then it got broken. So I decided to borrow her skateboard and got into that. Then shortly after I got my, my own first setup and got a bunch of friends from Heilingsee into skateboarding, but they quit like quite fast. So I had to had to go into the city and see what's up there. And then, yeah, I think probably, yeah, I think it was like one super hot summer day where I got into into the skate hall in Berlin, which used to be at this point from Adidas. And I think it was like 30 degrees or whatever. I don't even know why I went to the skate hall, but <laughs> randomly out of nowhere, I was like meeting Johannes, Johannes Schirmeister. Ah, oh, yeah. And... I think the rest is history. We just like bounded 
And since then, we're like best friends. Used to meet like all the time, still, every day, almost. Yeah. And now you're the, the, little, the, the little downtown scene here in, in Berlin. Like a, a real crew, I would say. Kind of, kind of. I think over the last decade, I mean, I was starting skating in like 12 or 13, yeah, 12 years ago. So since the last decade, we, we built a pretty, pretty strong crew, I guess, from all over the place. Not only like Berlin guys at first, but like only our friends from Berlin, but from like the West, from like JJ from the West and then Johannes from the Deep East, me from the North and then a couple other guys. So we were just meeting up and then more and more guys came into the crew, never left. And then we started like since, since like Facebook and Instagram and everything, we could connect with like homies from like other cities. So we got a bunch of friends from Cologne, from Bremen, from Frankfurt as well. So, and then they were coming to Berlin like all the time in like holidays or whatever, when we were still used to go to school. And I think since like four or five years, all the homies from like all the cities, they, they kind of moved here. So it's like now, I would say a big crew of like in total 20, 30 guys, whatever. It's like, it's sick. It's sick to have like so many, so many dudes out here and like everyone is doing their own thing kind of and different things from all over, yeah, all the, all the stuff we could do so it's, it's sick yeah i think that's one of the coolest things about skateboarding somehow you always got in touch with other cultures as well or you're like getting connected to uh, in your um, case with photography or art some started to film uh, others starting music i think this is something that skateboarding always brings with right Totally, totally. And I think it's that that's the thing about skateboarding. It's not only skateboarding. It also doesn't matter if you're like the best skater or whatever. It's just like about all the surroundings as well. As you said, like skateboarding brings like music, arts, photography, filming. So everyone kind of find their own niche. And it's just like a super, super good way to connect, connect all the things, then combine like your friend's stuff with your stuff and you can inspire inspire each other and just trying out some things and see what you like, what you don't like and doing nice stuff. And now over Instagram and all the other, over internet especially, you're connected all over the world. You've been over all over the world, I think. N not in all over the world, but, but yeah, in some we, main we cities. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Um... So you just said photography was always a part of your skateboarding development on site. So when did you recognize there can be a little bit more? Mm, I think like at first it was just like taking photos of my friends. Like it's still how I still do it actually. Just like being out with my friends, taking photos of them and kind of capturing our our daily life and then at some point I don't know I was in school but I realized I don't really like it <laughs> like most of the kids I guess but I was getting more and more into photography and I knew like okay this is my this is my thing like I really want to do this and I got a 
bunch of like good friends, like really, really nice dudes and there's a lot of potential. So it's like interesting. And then I think probably when I was like 17, 18, I, I started taking like the first photos for like a couple brands, like streetwear brands or whatever. And then started also doing like photo zines with like publications and started doing my own exhibitions. And through that, it just kind of kept on rolling. And I dropped out of high school at some point. I didn't get my A-levels. And then I was like, okay, like all my teachers were like, okay, that's like, it's not good. You have to do another year or whatever. You have to finish your school. And I was like, no, nah, actually, I don't want to. Like, I just want to do my own stuff. And I was like, okay, so I have to, I have to work a lot. I have to do like going hard and luckily somehow it worked out till now and i'm pretty happy about that that i can just like do what i what i like what i love with all my friends including everyone and traveling the world and having a good time cool and you modeled at the same time right in a young age yeah i think yeah yeah when i was younger probably like 16 17 started that and it was in an agency and got like some some jobs in berlin but i don't know at this point it was like cool but then the, the agency they told me like okay maybe you have to train a little bit like getting some more muscles and shit i was like uh, i don't know i think that's not for me like if i would like to do it then yes but if someone else wants me to do it i was like nah i'm not into that then i like dropped out of the agency and yeah i don't know yeah i think that was That was actually my model career, I would say, like pretty short. But um, I, I think I feel more comfortable behind the camera than, than in front of it. Cool. And um, back then or still, do you have uh, any role models here in Berlin? Skatesports, creative role models, some, someone you looked up to? Or mm. someone who guided you maybe? Guided, I think like... Probably when we first started going to Civilist, I don't know, like eight years ago, whatever. So we got in touch with like Foley and all of the CV crew. So that was probably the first older guys who were like showing us the history of Berlin skateboarding and also more stuff from that. And teached us a lot, talked to us a lot, supported us a lot. I think also like Foley, for example, he's like, he got us a lot of opportunities he pushed us all the time like really hard so we can be thankful to have someone like Foley and Civilist in Berlin for us mm, but I, w I wouldn't know anyone else I mean there are a lot of guys who like just been there helped us out and connected us with each, each other and yeah do you remember your first photography job <coughs> damn Actually, I, I don't <laughs> like the first paid one. I, I, I can't remember, I guess. Don't really know. And you're always working um, alone or is there someone you're sharing your work with, like Paul or something that he's, he's I think you, you've done some project together mm. as well, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I mean, when I when I doing a shoot or whatever or project, I always first thing is just like thinking about, okay, who could I involve? So it's 
starts with like models or whatever it's always just like guys like Johannes or, or JJ or all my other friends just like try to include them because if you work with your friends you also have like a different different vibe you know it's not like it's like really chill it's like really good you know each other for like years so you know how they are they know you and I think it's kind of good to work with your friends and then yeah I mean Paul Paul is doing doing directing and, and movies and shit actually pretty pretty dope and now also really successful um, which makes me really happy but yeah every time like when we have the chance to also get like a film on board or whatever I'm like we definitely need Paul or if we need music I'm always hitting up JJ as for example like the the Gucci thing we, we did in like I don't know seven years eight ago he did like the music and it was like We needed we needed a song like last minute and JJ is always late. He's like he's telling me all the time like he he only can work under pressure. So you never know what you get. You know sometimes it's working out, sometimes not as you want. But this thing like for the Gucci Gucci video edit thing, I asked him about the track and he was like, okay, shit, give me like 30 minutes, send me some raw edit over and probably still one of my favorite tracks ever like such a dope vibe super nice like some new wave things it's like that was pretty dope but yeah i'm always 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 happy when i can work with my friends also for like styling my girlfriend caro we are already together for like i don't know seven now seven years already over seven years we had our anniversary on first of my congrats thank you <laughs> <laughs> pretty pretty long time already <laughs> But now um, she's like doing styling, styling work. So we are trying to work on a lot of projects together. I always try to get her on the projects I do. We are planning a lot of free projects together, like fashion things, because it's like for me coming from like skateboarding and and lifestyle, documenting everything. It's like it's it's a good contrast to have Caro, who's like more into the into the fashion world. So it's like pretty pretty dope that we can do this together and and also getting more into that. I would like to get in more into like higher fashion. It's like pretty sick. Cool. How is your workflow? Are you a professional or are you a last minute guy? Oh, I, I wouldn't call myself professional because <laughs> I'm like really spontaneous and I don't like to plan too much because then there's like too much in my head going on. So I, I kind of like just going somewhere and then go go with the flow you know like so switching from one from one dude to the other yeah that's 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 uh something new for us as well actually <laughs> <laughs> i like that is there, is there more people coming i guess so yeah yeah we invited the whole party sick yeah. <laughs> everyone is allowed to ask one question exactly yeah, but it has to be a dope one obviously. <laughs> yeah no but what you just mentioned you know like that um actually you're not really super hot on planning specifically mm -hmm. um, that you're more about like you know going with the flow or trusting your instincts and stuff mm -hmm. um, I think like this is almost like like a contrast because I know like you love to shoot analog mm -hmm. which basically is the very different end of the spectrum you know because you have to wait you know yeah. about the result and stuff like how is this coming together um Actually, I started shooting on on like digital. Uh -huh. I think I was doing like an internship in like eighth eighth grade 
at like a photo studio in Berlin. And then right after that, I was like asking my mom, like, okay, can I buy like the camera from the owner? She's doing like a good deal, 200 euros, whatever. So at first I was doing this. And then at some point, probably already after like half a year, year shooting, I was, I was buying those one-way cameras, mm -hmm. which can, you shoot like, I don't know, 36 or 26 photos, 28 photos, I guess. And then just develop them in a certain way. Um, and after first roll, I was just like, okay, fuck, like, that's what I want to do. That's what I like. And then bought a bunch of cameras. And since then, I'm just shooting on film. I mean, sometimes you have to shoot digital, but I really avoid shooting digital and try to trust, like my, as you said, my instinct mm -hmm. and, and also my camera. Like my babies, I always try to treat them like really well and <laughs> hope that they don't, like that they work all the time. But actually, I have to say, um, till now, everything worked out all the time. And often it's like I have a, like I'm shooting and I have like something in mind. I see and I think like, okay, I know how the photo will turn out. Mm -hmm. And then it turns out to be like so much sicker than I, than I saw it. So it's like on film. It's, and I also love the process because it's just like you have to wait, you know, you shoot and you have a picture in mind, but you don't see it. And then... You just wait for like a couple of days or a week or whatever. Mm. And then you get the photo back and just like, damn, like that was like real sick or good <laughs> memories or whatever. Like, and I think if I, if, when I, when I shoot digital, it's just like, okay, that's cool. And how can I get it better? And then I just continue on shooting and shooting and shooting. And after that, I have like probably 500 photos from like the same same exactly. object or angle or whatever and just like okay dude that's like way too much it's like so unnecessary mm. <laughs> so yeah but what do you think like when when it comes to um preferring to shoot analog like do you remember do you had like um like a like a drop or two where the result was completely different to what you had in mind and then you had to to readjust to to the to the new scenario so to speak yeah like As I said, till now, I got like pretty lucky with like the results of like shooting film. Mm. But there were a couple of times where just like the film wasn't working, you know, it's mm. just like total black. And then I was lucky and had like a, a backup or whatever, like I shot another role or whatever. Or, or just like one time there was like super hot summer day, like 36 degrees. And I was shooting a friend of mine for some, for, for some Nike shit. And then... Um, we were like sweating so bad and I had the camera around my neck all the time. And when I developed the photos and got them back, I just realized my sweat went through the camera on the film. <laughs> so the, the, the whole, all the photos, they were like kind of like glowing, you know, like mm. from the sweat. And I was like, oh, damn. And I was lucky. Actually, it was like pretty good looks. So I was like mm. lucky with that. But yeah, otherwise I'm like... Till now, lucky, lucky dude, like shooting, <laughs> shooting on film. Hopefully it will stay like this. <laughs> But um, speaking about lucky, you know, all the, um, well, the majority of clients you, you worked for in the past, you know, like they're, they're pretty high profile clients, you know, like from Nike SB to Supreme to Gucci to Dior and stuff. Like how did this happen? Because like you don't necessarily have like a portfolio where you go like, hey, yeah. Yeah, that's I it. Just like pick one. I don't know, and I'm still super, super thankful for that, that all the all the things turned out as they are to now. But 
I think it's just like the the surroundings of us in the environment that we have like good people around us and that like one thing worked out with another. Mm-hmm. We connected with some some crew and yeah, I think we were just pretty lucky. And also, I mean, it's just like being out there, you know, we, we always, we always try to be out there and, and giving like output content and probably people just see that and like that. Mm. And then in a, in a city like Berlin, I don't know, it was just like the right, right moment at the right point for some reason. <laughs> and yeah. So basically just like a, like a lucky stroke you had. I think so. Maybe, maybe also like, I, I think at some point we deserve what we got till now, but also... <laughs> Hopefully, the, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope so. I hope so too. <laughs> but yeah, I think also, also a lot of good things, but I think it's also karma, you know, like when you, like what you give, you, you get back, you know, like mm-hmm. if you, if you're always trying to give your best and be the best kind of version of yourself and, and trying to do dope stuff and spread good energy, you get, you get it back, you know, so... Mm-hmm. I think at some point we deserve where we are at right now. Okay. Yeah, I agree, actually. <laughs> But what's, what's the thing? Like, obviously, it's a no-brainer for you and the, the, the rest of the crew to, to do something, let's say, for Nike SB as an example, because, you know, like, you're closely connected scene-wise. Um, when it comes to, to a client like, like Dior, for example, um, do you have discussions about it? Like, if you, regardless of the, the money involved, that if you should do it or not, because, you know, it's a very different field to, to skateboarding, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, the, the Dior thing was more or less really random because I, I, I wasn't supposed to shoot the Dior thing and we were just tr- being like actually the models mm-hmm. and the producer of the shoot just told me like, okay, Stefan, bring your camera and just shoot some behind the scenes, you know. So I was... I was doing that and then in the end I showed her the photos and she was like, oh damn, that's really cool. Like we should send it over to some magazine or whatever. And I was like, okay, do so. Um, if it works out, would be nice. If mm. not, I don't really care because I, I like still had a good time and then randomly out of nowhere, she, she were like hitting me up and I'm like, okay, Oyster Magazine wants to have the photos from the Dior shoot. And I was like, oh damn, okay. <laughs> like we'll get printed like, I don't know, eight pages or whatever. So it was like sick. Mm. But um Other way, like when we when we're doing like kind of different projects from what we what we used to do. I don't know. I mean, skateboarding is like really really cool right now. So the the clients they know what what they kind of want or get mm. if they come to us. In terms of aesthetics and in terms of aesthetic, uh, uh. like they know. Like I think I wouldn't shoot something which is like super staged or whatever. Like mm-hmm. always, I try to doesn't matter like what project it is, but project it is but i always try to like getting like i don't know in natural aesthetic and and super nice like vibe super spontaneous and just to i don't know like yeah try to keep it simple okay and your 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 first personal foray into into fashion so to speak was with your 030 brand right Oh, um, or was there something before? Yeah, actually, there was something before. I'm, I'm, I'm drawing like I'm drawing since since I'm a I'm a child or whatever. So I, I used to go to media school, mm-hmm. and um, we had this screen print 
screen printer in the school and we also had it in classes. So um, we had some project was like, was like doing screen prints and the final result was like doing some t-shirts or whatever for the class. And I did that and just posted it on Instagram and showed it to my friends and a bunch of dudes just came to me and were like, oh shit, can I have a, can I have this shirt? You know, it was just like a small camera on, on front, I mm -hmm. know, oh, on the back, a camera and then on front some, some random character shit. And then I did that. And after that, I was like, okay, shit, I would, I would like to do something more with like, with like fashion because I was like al always interested in like clothes and process and also like printing and drawing and always try to express myself through like not only photography, but also like all the other stuff which I like to, you know, so. Mm. So then O3O was like, the first real project, I guess, I think it was like 2015 to yeah, end of 2015. Mm -hmm. So I will, I always had like this, this thing O3O in mind now, nowadays, like everyone is having it in their bio when they live here on Instagram or whatever, like it's like overused kind of, <laughs> but back in the day, there was like our, like we were, we were like kind of the O3O gang. So I was like, I would like to just put O3O on a hoodie and was looking for a back print and my girlfriend and I we were like we were in Greece and I shot this photo of her and just cropped it with like the middle finger on her lips with like this big ass fake ring which looks like super expensive mm. <laughs> and we just put it out with like just like simple black hoodies white hoodies t-shirts and at this time kind of no one knew us I guess or like still pretty small and randomly out of nowhere like so so many people had like interest in like getting one of those O3O hoodies mm -hmm. without even knowing kind of what O3O means and it was like kind of crazy because at, at some point like it it went to this point where like I got an email from like the the um what is it called the stylist from like Kanye West okay. and they hit me up if, if, if they could like get some some stuff for like Kim, Kani and then special sizes like for for North, Northwest, <laughs> the, the little girl. And at, at first point, at first I, I was like, okay, that's, that can't be real, you know, like some, yeah, of some, not, yeah. some sketchy ass male. So I was like, yeah, some prank. Yeah, I was like replying. I was like, yeah, nice try. Like, um, but I can I can send you I can send you some some stickers for the try to get some stuff for free. But that definitely won't happen, you know. Like, <laughs> and then I got the another mail from like the official account from the real stylist of Kanye West. And he was like, "Yo, I'm really sorry about that, but that's like totally real. Like we are we are buying the stuff. We're not trying to get some stuff for free or whatever. Like this is totally real." And I was like, "Oh damn, shit!" Like, <laughs> so I was like, "Apollo." I would I like apologize and I was like, oh damn. So we ended up, um, yeah, doing doing stuff for them. Actually, I never I never saw a photo of them wearing that. Maybe maybe they were never wearing it. <laughs> um, and then I saw like, okay, now now it's going to be big. Like this whole all whole O three O thing that can be kind of something. And then the O three O magazine from Berlin came. I never heard about them before. I think they're still yeah, existing. It's a, it's, it's a different generation, man. Yeah. yeah, I think they're still existing till till now. 
but you never hear something about them. They're like kind of dead, but still mm. existing. I think they, they owned by some, some big magazine. Mm. And um, yeah, they told me they have rights about, about the sign, about O3O, about the letterings, about the numbers and shit. I was like, they can't be real. Like went to a couple of lawyers, mm. asked them, like, can this, like, this can't be real. Like, you know, I, I need to do this. And they were all like, nah, better stop that thing. Okay. So I had to stop doing that. Was, and was, was that like a, like a harsh reality check for you? Because, because everything you do, you know, like it's like a spontaneous thing basically and everything seems to be in constant flux. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, like you are getting, getting confronted like with, with real life, with adult life, so to speak, with lawyers and shit. Yeah. Was nah. this something where you got to go? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I was like 18 years old. I was just like trying to, to put some clothes out mm -hmm. and, and having fun with friends and then out of nowhere there's like such a bummer I was like dude that can't be real like like we're doing something and it's like a really good output you know and like response and everything and we are not allowed to do that actually for yeah. no reason you know like we're not like stepping on on anyone's toes you know it's like doesn't doesn't make sense for me still to nowadays <laughs> um but yeah that was just like the fact that we can't do it anymore so I was like okay fuck that um, so my girlfriend and I were like thinking about, because I still wanted to continue doing, doing something, you know, and then my girlfriend and I were like thinking about something, something new and we were like looking for a name and one day we were like out in, in, um, Märkische Viertel, it's like right next to Wittenau where I like lived for a couple of years mm -hmm. and we, we saw this one huge building because it's like, it's, it's pretty ghetto out there. It's like a lot of like skyscraper type things you know at least for berlin standards yeah, yeah for yeah <laughs> berlin skyscrapers <laughs> and um yeah we were just walking around and saw this huge nice ass building i was like oh damn that looks cool and we googled it and then it turns out it's called champagneburg uh, yeah champagneburg which is like translated to english like champagne towers and mm -hmm. then we're like joking like to Caro, like yeah we could we could call it champagne towers and she was like oh that's kind of cool like let's do this so We did that for like, I don't know, two or three years and then, I don't know, got bored of it at some yeah, that's, point. That's the thing, like, like it seems to be from the outside, at least for me, like that, like I'm, I know like basically what you did there is a continuation of like what happened with O3O. Mm -hmm. um, and then it seemed to be like all of a sudden like this, it's gone. Yeah. And then, yeah, then it was Champagne Towers for like two or three years. We did that. Actually, did, did kind of really, really good things. Like mm. a couple, still a couple a couple of collections or projects which I'm like really happy about. But at some point then Caro moved to Paris like three years ago, I guess. What for? Um, at first just like studying and then she fell in love with Paris, which can totally understand. <laughs> it's not too hard, right? Yeah, it's such a nice city. And then she's decided to, to stay there doing internships at like fashion magazines and stuff like that. And now she's like still there freelancing, doing styling styling dropped a lot and um, so it was like kind of at the end it was just like me and then I got back into drawing more and more so I was like okay I, I, I want to do something else which is like more personal also because like at some point we had like shops in Tokyo and then and then kind of all over the world so it was like a huge process for still just being a side project you know because mm -hmm. photography was was and is always like the number one and And like all the stuff with like with like clothes and shit is just like side projects. So 
at some point it just took too long with like the the samples doing samples then sending out look, uh, line sheets and order sheets and everything and making clothes send them out to the shops and so I was like, I want to do something more personal, you know? Mm -hmm. So I got back into drawing and then I decided to do Slinky, mm -hmm. which I'm doing now since like one and a half years. And it's just more like, more for like friends and family. It's just like, I'm, I'm having a studio with Paul now for like a year, kind of. And I have my screen print machine there, my airbrush and things. So like my friends, my friends and homies, they're just coming around bring some old old clothes and we just draw on that or doing some crazy shit and then they can go home and rock it you know it's like yeah it's like you come and after like two hours you just got a brand new piece it's and basically like like a like a tattoo session yeah oh oh tattoo sessions <laughs> uh, i <laughs> actually I, i tried to get into tattoos more like i mm. i bought a i bought a machine from japan like last year And we bought some some fake skin to try it out. Okay. And dude, we totally fucked it up. Like <laughs> my, my hands like shaking so bad. Like, okay, I can't do this. I can't do this. Mm. But it like stuck in my head. So um, I was looking for a friend or, or someone who's like having all the equipment because I just had the machine, you know. And now like a couple of weeks ago, a friend, I, I, I met a friend of mine. He was like, yeah, yeah, I'm doing tattoos and shit. I was like, okay, can I can I come around and... You're giving me some advice and shit, mm. so like I can try it out because I, I told him like I tried it on fake skin, didn't work out, but I think it's better on like real skin. So I was like, okay, I will just do some on my legs and got my first one on my leg now by myself, and now I'm I'm hyped. I, I really <laughs> want to do more, and I'm I'm looking for all my friends. I'm asking like everyone, yo, you want to get a tattoo or something? Like we yeah. should do some. <laughs> What's what's the reaction? Are they are they happy with their new, with your new passion or um, are they going with dude man stick to stick to fashion? Uh, no, <laughs> Don't tattoo us. Um, separated, separated. Okay. Some yeah. some of them like okay cool, like I will give you my leg. Let's do someone there. But other homies just like ah. Oh, nice <laughs> 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 i think they don't like that much but i think it's like yeah also i i don't know i don't really mind like let's let's see but i'm hyped to do something if if no one else is is down to to um get tattooed then i will just tattoo myself till there's no space left what, what, what is caro thinking about this <laughs> oh caro I wasn't sure at first, but Carl was actually really supportive. Oh, really? With that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because now I got like a smoking dog on, dog on my on my leg. Uh -huh. And at first I showed her some some other design. I was like, okay, should I get this? And she was like, oh no, the smoking dog is like super nice. Like you should do the smoking dog. I was like, oh, for real? Like, <laughs> she was like, yeah, yeah. And then, and then I showed it to her and it's like, I mean, it's not perfect. You know, it's like my, my first tattoo, which I did myself. So it's like kind of sketchy, but she was like, no, that's so nice. It's so cool. I love it. Like you should do more. And That got me hyped up. So <laughs> I'm I'm happy that that she likes it. Of course, man. Yeah, yeah it wouldn't be good if, if she doesn't like it. But then she needs to see it like all the time, you know. It's like <laughs> <laughs> But how how do you guys cope with the with the new situation? Like, you know, she's being in Paris and you are still here in Berlin. Oh, well, I mean, there's like especially now, I mean we're together for like seven years now. And she's living in Paris for I think about three years maybe a little longer maybe a little less i'm not sure mm -hmm. and i mean there's like hard times especially when we don't see each other for like a couple of weeks or maybe a month even or, or one and a half months i don't know like um because i 
like she don't have money to come over or I don't, mm. I don't have money to come over. So there's like definitely sometimes like rougher times, but um, I don't know. In the end, I think we, we, we going quite well because I try to, to come as much as often as, as much as I can. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, now I try to, to go over to Paris for like a month or maybe two, just see, just being there for like a little longer and she tried to come as often as she can. So it's like, it's like quite nice. We're always trying to do make like vacations or whatever mm-hmm. and going somewhere together. And in the end, I mean, it's just like, it's like a couple of weeks. If you, if you know that you have like the right person, you know, then it's like, doesn't matter if we don't see each other for like a week or two, well, you true. know? Yeah. No, but, but but what do you think? Like you know, um, did you ever really spend some some heavy thought on basically following her? Because you know, like all the stuff you're you're passionate about, you know, like skateboarding, mm-hmm. art, uh, fashion, etc. You know, basically Paris is still the, the the hotbed for these days in Europe. Definitely. So, or, or are you too much? Connected to Berlin to nah. I mean, I also have like a, a bunch of friends in, in Paris for sure for like skating and stuff like that. And it would be really, really good for like working, especially mm-hmm. in fashion, doing more in Paris. But um, there were some point where it was like, okay, I, I actually would, would move here. Mm-hmm. It would be like quite a step and not that easy. But I could move here, and then we, I don't know, something happened. We decided to that I don't move there, mm-hmm. and. Now it's like I don't, I don't know. It's just like it's also like Berlin. I got all my friends here, you know. I got a lot of work sure. here. I can, I can. It's it's cheaper. It's like yeah. more nature. It's um, it's more nature. It's I don't know. It's like I love Berlin, and Berlin will be always like my my home, you know. And now now I just realized I also like it like that. That I'm going to Paris for like maybe a week, maybe two or a month or whatever, but. I'm not living there, so it's always just like kind of vacation and I have a good time there, mm-hmm. but it's not that I'm not living there, you know? Yeah. I mean, obviously, like when, when it comes to, to cities like, you know, Paris, New York, Tokyo and stuff, it's always like super dope like to be there. But on the other hand, you know, like fucking hell, if I really need to make a living here, and it's, that's a totally different thing all of a sudden. All yeah. of a sudden, like things are looking not so so peachy anymore. Yeah, yeah. I, I, heard a, I heard about a a lot of stories from like those cities from like New York or Paris or London and Tokyo where like people live there and for sure there's like also hard times in like big cities like that so I like to to keep those cities as my as my like cities to travel you know Mm -hmm. and like nothing but the best times but I don't want to don't want to go there for like too long to to suffer or whatever, you know, like... And also, like, this could easily ruin the picture you have of the yeah, city, Yeah, right? that, that's yeah, that's why, that's yeah. why I... I mean, for example, New York, like, I'm deeply, deeply in love with New York. I went there, like, now once, like, three years ago with, like, all the friends for, like, two weeks and it was, like, actually the best trip I ever had. It's, like, nothing mm. but fun. It was so dope. And I just want to keep it like that, you know. It's, like, for me, the the sickest city ever, but... I just want to leave it like that, you know? Hmm. So um, now that it's pretty clear that you will stay here in Berlin a little longer at least. Um, <laughs> so what's, what's, what's next on your, on your menu? Mm. 
actually I have this I have this plan in mind to go to Japan for like a month or two. Uh-huh. But this is already stuck in my head for like two years now. Mm. And at first I didn't have enough money. And then COVID came out of nowhere and couldn't let us travel. So now I'm planning with Caro to go to to Japan, to Tokyo, and like hopefully October because I have a I have a bunch of friends over there and one of my friends he's he's now running a new gallery and told me I can I can have an exhibition over there. Right. Uh. So but the thing is for exhibition I need something, you know, so like <laughs> now <I'm, laughs> would make sense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so so now I'm trying to to go out like almost every day and get as much as much photos as I can. And also like would like that's why I'm also going to Paris, mm-hmm. for example, to just like shoot somewhere else as well and hope that I can can make a magazine by hopefully September to have something ready for like October and then I would love to go to with Caro to Japan, traveling there, being in Tokyo, seeing some nature, doing the exhibition and then hopefully coming back in November, maybe doing an exhibition with the same with the same thing here mm-hmm. in Berlin, which would be nice. And then let's see. I would I would love to also like during the winter because I just realized this winter when like like we had a, such a hard time in Berlin this year because the winter was so rough and then some, it was it was a long one yeah it was oh, it was yeah. a pretty long one and then and then the spring was like teasing you know there was like one or two days which were like good and we saw like yeah. okay now now the spring is coming the spring is coming but, but it felt like basically this year it felt like like two and a half months of constant April mm-hmm. yeah it, it never came it was like <laughs> such a such a bad weather. So, and I, then a couple of friends of mine, they were like in, in Mexico or Costa Rica, wherever, you know, like, mm. I was like, damn, like, I want to be there as well. So I was like, doesn't make sense actually to, to stay in Germany during winter if you like freelance, you know, like, why, why am I here if I could be somewhere else, like doing a nice project mm. or working, working on something and have nice weather. So hopefully after Japan, I mean, that's like just big dreams i hope that they're all working out in the end but that would be really nice to go to japan and then after that just leaving berlin for like two or three months just just being somewhere warm (laughs) that would be nice fingers crossed man fingers crossed yeah well uh thank you so much for having taken your time for this little chit chat that's it That's it already, man. Dope, dope. Thanks. <laughs> thanks a lot for having me. Yeah, it was lovely to have you here, man. Yeah, thank you, thank you. And then uh, see you around, I guess. Yeah, hopefully. Till then, bye. Bye, bye.